Hi, this is Robert Kiyosaki, and you're listening to Entrepreneur Circle, Eric Cabral. On this episode, make a decision that you're going to improve your life, but truly make that decision in your mind and in your heart. And if you do that, don't worry about the how, because I know you want to. Everybody wants to know the steps. What are the 10 steps I need to be doing? Practical application, like tell me where to be, what to do. It doesn't work like that. But if you decide, if you decide, the how reveals itself because you've told your brain, we're going to figure this out. And so now your brain is in tune to solutions. You have now entered the entrepreneur circle. Hey there, folks, and welcome to the Entrepreneur's Circle, where we built a community that shares lessons learned throughout our journeys, celebrate wins, our eureka moments, and embrace the F word, meaning failure, which I've come to realize that failure is success in progress. I'm Eric Cabral, your host, a husband, a father of two brilliant girls, and I've been called a heart-centered entrepreneur by my peers and mentors. My mission in life is to make the world a better place, one mic at a time. So I'm happy and humble to have you join in on that mission. And I hope that by the end of the show, we would have added value in your life. So if you're ready to jump into the circle, let's get to it. Hello, this is Josh McCown, CEO of Viva May Hospitality and the beautiful Renault Resort Winery. I have to tell you, the secret's out. And the secret is On Air Brands. On Air Brands Creative Agency, which specializes in launching podcasts, transforming live events into live streaming events, and social media marketing soup to nuts. On Air Brands has changed the game. There'll never be a day from here forward when you and I and our companies don't need to be on the air. Every brand needs to be on the air, but so few know that. So it's great to work with a group that are ahead of the curve and to find a company that has been built on the core foundation of the future of marketing. If you're ready to broadcast your brand like they've done for my brands, take the next step and make a change that can transform your business, reach out to On Air Brands today. That's onairbrands.com. Yes, onairbrands.com. Welcome back, folks, to another episode of the Entrepreneur Circle. I'm your most happy and humbled host, as usual, Eric Cabral. And with me, no different than many days, I am always blessed to be in the room or at least the Zoom room, with someone that I admire and am inspired by and have a ton to learn from, as well as you, because he's going to drop some serious knowledge on all things life, business, real estate investing. So welcome to the show, Henry Washington, my man. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. <laughs> I know. And I, 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 I'm blessed and appreciate your time because I know Bigger pockets came in and they swooped you away from me and you're like, hey, we got to reschedule this. <laughs> and I'm did. like, hey, man, they 
They're the big dogs. Uh, I get it. I love and respect them and I get it. But let, let's give people a primer uh, to who you are if they don't know. So Henry is the owner of two real estate investing companies, which holds a portfolio of, and I don't even know if I think this needs to be updated, bro. The 65 rentals. Aren't you like in the hundreds now? <laughs> no, no, no. We're somewhere around 70. We're buying, okay. we're selling. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Um, and, and also uh, an e-commerce coaching business, which teaches people how to become successful real estate investors. Um, and he does that through all of his social media, all of his uh, personal branding and marketing. And um, you may know him best um, for being on Instagram. You got ridiculous amounts of people that follow you, so over 65,000 people on Instagram. Yeah. So I'm sure they follow and know you there, but they also know you from bigger pockets. But again, brother, welcome to the Thank show. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to peel the layers back and figure out what had happened how did this all occur and yeah man you know learn a bunch so that we can do it and they can do it and you can continue growing so uh let's let's start let's start sort of with the moment in time a lot of people refer to this as the eureka moment so what was that for you in life uh, that caused the pivot or change yeah, man, my Eureka moment. So I, I had I had two Eureka moments that came fairly close together. So the backstory is I got married quick. So I was single guy, met my wife, and then 365 days after I met her, we got married to wow. the day. So that um physical shift from single to married happened instantly, but the mental shift took a little longer and more of like a financially mental shift. Right. And so with that backstory in mind, before getting married, had a great job, did all the things that society tells you to do, right. That my parents taught me to do, go to school, get good grades, go to college, get a degree that's going to actually earn you some money and then go get a job and start climbing the corporate ladder. Right. And so I did all those things. I had a great high paying tech job. Um, and I was doing software development, data analytics, and made six figures, which was awesome. But I also spent six figures, which wasn't awesome. And so <laughs> I would, I would, I would, I remember days of getting a paycheck and then uh, a week and a half and uh, receiving that paycheck, um, trying to figure out like what I can get off the dollar menu at McDonald's for the rest of the week to like stretch my money. Like how many packs of ramen noodles can I eat? And like, that's, you know, I'm not in college anymore. Right. And so thinking that was, that was just how I lived. I didn't have any financial education. I wasn't fiscally responsible. And so I spent all my money. And what I learned after getting married in just 365 days from meeting my wife is that although I was okay living my life like that, my wife absolutely was not. So um, the first wake up call came when we tried to buy a house together. Again, doing all the things society tells you to do. You get married and then you do the white picket fence thing, right? You try to buy the, the first house and, and um, the bank called us and said, hey, we would be happy to loan um, to your wife for this house, as long as you are not on the loan, because mm. my credit was so bad. I just wasn't, uh, I didn't look good financially on paper. And so they were like, you're going to make this harder for her. And so the best way for you guys to get a house is for you not to be a part of it. So wow. big, big blow to my ego, big blow to me as I, as I wanted to be this provider, I did all the things, right. I did what society told me to do. And now I can't buy a house with my wife. Like I can't help provide that. So it was, 
it's a big blow for me. So that was that was my eureka moment number one. And then number two came shortly after as we were laying in bed in our new, well, in my wife's new house that she let me live in. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and uh, she, we were talking like what normal married couples, early married couples do, right? What's, how many kids are we going to have? And where are they going to go to school? And what kind, what's our dream house going to look like? And where's that going to be? And where are we going to go on all these cool vacations? And like, I couldn't even enjoy the conversation because in the back of my mind, I'm freaking out because I'm like, I can't afford, like, I can't afford a dream house. I couldn't afford this house. Like how, like that doesn't, I can't even wrap my brain around it. Vacations, like we're paycheck to paycheck. Like I just started freaking out. And so we went to sleep and then I woke up at like three in the morning, having a panic attack, just sweating and scared. Cause I was like, she's going to realize that like, you know, she's going to do the math and the math isn't math. And like, I'm not, I'm not, I only look good on paper, but when you start, you start zooming into the numbers, it's not, it's not working out. And so I was like, she's going to leave me. I can't provide, she deserves better than me. You know, all the imposter syndrome, all the, all the scared thoughts. And so I did what any normal person would do at three in the morning when you panic about money is I started asking Google, how can I make more money? <laughs> <laughs> and um, man, I, that's when I, that's when I, that's the, so that Eureka moment led me to Google and that Google search led me to real estate. I just, when you Google like how to make extra money or how to make passive income, like passive income was the key phrase I was searching. And um, man, I just saw articles from bigger pockets about real estate. I saw Ted talks about real estate and, you know, that was my, that was my introduction into finally learning that like normal people owned real estate. Uh, you know, until then I hadn't given it much thought. I just assumed super rich people and corporations owned real estate and that's just what it was. And I didn't even think that, you know, owning a bunch of property was a thing. My dad didn't really own rental properties. Um, you know, my mom, had a rental for a little bit, but it was just a house we lived in that she moved out of that she rented out for a little while. And then she hated it and she sold it. So like, you know, I didn't, it never really was a, you know, and I never saw the like P and L like, I didn't know if it was making money. Like, mm-hmm. um, so that was my like, okay, wait, like normal people are doing this. And then I ended up watching this Ted talk and it was, just, it was called Eric, it was called how to design your dream life through passive income. And when you're panicking about money at three in the morning, looking for ways to make passive income, and you see a Ted talk called how to design your dream life through passive income, you watch that. That's the thing you watch. (laughs) So, um, it was this kid, he was 20 something years old. His name is Alex, I believe. And, um, he had 25 doors or something like that. And he was talking about how him choosing to buy rental properties is what led him to being financially free and that there was all these other ways to get financially free. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. if this kid's figured it out, like this is doable. I don't know how it's doable, but clearly it is. Mm-hmm. And if he's done it, I can do it. And so I just made a decision at three in the morning that I was going to figure out how to be a successful real estate investor. I just decided. I didn't know how, I didn't care how, I just knew that if somebody else figured it out that they, they couldn't be any smarter than me like i'll go figure it out and now mind you and like i've made this decision but i only had a thousand dollars in my savings account that was Mm. it and that's and i only had a thousand dollars in my savings account because i took dave ramsey and that was baby step one and that's all (laughs) i got to so like i had a thousand dollars in my savings account and i had i had poor credit still but i didn't let those things stop me from deciding to be successful and i think that that's that's kind of what sets apart successful people 
from unsuccessful people. Successful people make a decision and then they don't they don't negotiate with themselves when things get tough. Yeah. They continue, they push on. And I didn't realize that's what I was doing. Like, I'm not telling you I was this wise person and I decided to become wealthy. And so I did like, no, I just knew I needed to make a change. And I I didn't want my wife to figure out that I sucked at stuff. So (laughs) I made a decision. And then, but what we do like mentally, when you decide is you're telling your brain that like, Hey, no matter what we're doing this. And so your brain now knows that we're doing this. And so when things get tough, when obstacles come up, when things get in your way, your brain is like, all right, I'm going to figure out how to get us around this because we've decided we're doing this. And most of the time people say, oh man, real estate's super cool, man. I, if people are making money in real estate. I think I'm going to try that, right? I think I'm going to give it a go, right? And then you go try it. And then, but your brain try doesn't have the same impact as decision. And so your brain tries, and then when something goes, boom, you can't get through this, this obstacle. Your brain's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you're right. We can't. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you say, I can't do it. Yeah. Um, and so that was like my aha moment that got me started. And so like to, to super fast forward, I bought my first property 90 days from that aha moment. Yeah. So it, it came quick once I made the decision. Let's, let's, let's take a couple steps back and see what was it. So once you made that decision, you know, the next day, uh, you're all bleary eyed, uh, but inspired, right? You, you told your wife, uh, Hey, I, I'm doing this, you know, AKA we're doing this. Uh-huh. Uh, wh- what was her response? And then also, uh, what was the first actionable step that you took? Love it. Love it. Um, so I'd like to start by saying marriage is a cheat code. A good marriage is a cheat code. And so picking your picking the right partner is hugely important um, to both your mental health and well-being and your financial health and well-being. When I woke up, I said, hey, guess what? We're going to be real estate investors. And she said, sweet, let's do it. Right. No hesitation, no doubt. Like she believed in me when she had no reason to believe in me. Right. And so um, I literally, so the way I started was I just said, I've got to, I just will talk to people who are successful at it. And the only person I knew who was an investor that, uh, that I knew close to me was a real estate broker. She was like a commercial real estate broker. She worked in the same office as me. And so I went to her and I was like, Hey, I'm going to be a real estate investor. Like, how do I do that? And she was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And she literally brought me a box of books. And she wow. was like, here, pick a book. These are all amazing books to get you started. And uh, I picked, uh, just literally blindly picked a book out of the box. Guess which book I picked? Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Facts, right? Read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And like, <laughs> when you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, it's like it's crazy. Uh, a beginner's guide to learning that you're doing everything wrong. <laughs> <with money. laughs> and, so, and so it was like this financial wake-up call but it was also solidification that real estate was the way to go for me and yeah. so um i read we read that so my wife i grabbed a copy and then i downloaded mm. an audio book and we read it together Love um it. and so we would have conversations about what we were reading and so like we went on this journey together from day one um and so that was huge and so the, the actionable but, step go ahead but, but before you get to the actionable step by the way i didn't know that about your story i'm sure you've told yeah. it a million times i did not hear you say that i just know that that is typically the bible when it comes to that, that transformational step because that is not an actual anyone who uh, Heaven forbid, you haven't 
haven't read that yet and you're listening to this podcast, please, please, what are you waiting for? Read this this podcast. Stop the podcast. Henry and I will be waiting for you when you get back. (laughs) Okay, you're back? Cool. You read the book. It's awesome, right? So like, yeah, it's it's funny because I know a lot of people have complained about the book saying there's no actionable. There's nothing. And he's very subtle about real estate. Like he's not like hitting you over the head with like, this is the solution. But it's a mindset and it's a transformational, like you said, cheat code to kind of get you there so that you start to like get, for me, it was always like, you know, I was listening to an audio too, man. And I was like super angry about what he was telling me because I was like, holy crap, I wasted all these years of my life and I didn't know that this is the way they do it. This is the way the Trumps of the world and the rich people in the world and the 0.001% of the world do this. And I was like, dude, I was punching the steering wheel. I was so angry, but I was super inspired too, man. But yeah, that's the book. That is the book that pretty much is the catalyst for all of us in real estate, especially bigger pockets fans. But yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. Actionable step, man. So you read the book and then what? Yeah, I read the book. And so the and these are really high level actionable steps, but I don't want people to devalue them because they're high level, because they're powerful. Right. So the, the 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 immediate things that I did were one, I changed my mindset about money. I started saving 10%, paying myself first. That concept it sounds like everybody's like, yeah, pay yourself first. Okay. Right. But when you do it, like these are all mindset shifts. When you do that and you pay yourself first, you're forcing yourself to figure out a way to make the rest of your budget work. And that might force you to get creative about how you spend money. It might force you to get creative about how to go out and make more money. It's different for everybody, but that that mindset shift is valuable for you. So we started to save 10%, no matter what we paid ourselves 10% first. If we didn't have enough money to make our bills work, we had to get creative about how we figured out how to make those bills, Mm. how to make that money stretch. So good. The second thing I did was I said, okay, I want to be a real estate investor. I have no idea how to do that. So who is doing it around me and how do I be around them consistently? And so I literally found every real estate, real estate meetup or group or online group. Like if investors were talking, local investors, I was in the room consistently. And I think that's where people drop the ball is they don't consistently go, right? And so what happens is you're motivated. You read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah, you found some investors. I'm gonna go talk to them. Yeah, and you're in the room and you go to the first meeting and it's awesome. And then you go to the second meeting and it's not as awesome. And then you go to the third meeting and it's boring. And then you're like, and then you go to the, the fourth meeting is like, man, I wanna go, but you know, my kid's this, or you know, I'm tired from work and then they don't go. And then it's just six months later and you go to a meeting and then you don't go for a year, right? And you can't like you can't learn like that. You can't create a name for yourself like that. I was in the room. This group I had had multiple meetings a month and I went to every one that I could every single one that I could, because a, if somebody was doing it, I needed to learn how, and I didn't know how. And so why not be around people who are doing it and maybe something magical rims off on me. Right. Um, But B, what happens is you start to make a name for yourself. People start to notice you. They see you in every meeting. They start to associate you with a successful investor, even if you've never done a deal, because you're there every single time. And so the people who are also there every single time, you'll start to take notice of. I was pointing this out to somebody. We had a bigger pockets meeting last night and a guy was asking me what he should do. And I said, you're doing it. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, well, you're here. And I was like, there's successful people in this room. And the more you come to things like this, the more you'll start to learn from these people, the more they'll start to recognize you. I said, but the catch is you have to come every single Mm -hmm. meeting. And he was like, well, why is that? 
And I said, well, let me point, let me point some people out to you. And I pointed to a guy standing next to him and a guy across the room and another guy standing uh, close by. And I said, those four people are here every single meeting, no matter what. And I said, the, the common denominator among those four people is they're all multimillionaires mm. through real estate, yeah. right? They're consistently here. And so I'm going to consistently be here because when one of these people decides, hey, I've got too much on my plate or, hey, mm -hmm. um, I can't take on this deal. I've got this lead and I can't even I can't even work it. I want them to turn to me. They're not going to turn to the person that's only been to the meeting once or twice. Right. They're going to say, hey, where's Henry? He's at every meeting. Call him. I want to send I want to send this deal his mm -hmm. way. Right. Deal flow will come to you if you're yeah. consistently in these rooms, plus opportunities will come your way. But you can't just go once or twice. 100 percent. Let me add something here to what you're mm -hmm. saying here um, is so powerful. And it's exactly the blueprint uh, that I followed as well and eventually made myself, you know, manifested myself to be in front of the room. Right. Even mm -hmm. though I hadn't done a deal yet, yeah. right? I mean, I was in the front of the room, bro, and I was inspiring, and I don't even know where it was coming from, but I was channeling something. But anyway, the consistency that you're talking about, people don't realize, okay, like you said, most people walk into a scenario where they're like, what's in it for me? Me, 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 mm -hmm. me, 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 me. But they don't realize it's a we. And when you're in that room consistently, people start to recognize you, like you said. But then the thing is, the consistency creates relationships mm -hmm. and trust. And people need to see you all the time. Like you didn't marry your wife and you saw her once and you proposed and said, six, I'll see you in 12 months. Like right. you needed to consistently be together to build the trust and the love. So people start to trust and love you if they see you all the time at all yes. of these meetings. It's so important that that is highlighted to the people that are listening here because it's critical. It's the it's the number one thing and the reason why you show up is it's, to create relationships with people. It's, it's crazy. Such, it's such a valuable, free resource to get information, yeah. to get relationships, to get deal flow and people don't take advantage of it the, the right. way that they should. It's such a valuable tool. And one all you got to do is show up. It's just show up because the, one of my favorite sayings is uh, Steve Harvey, I think coined this. He's like, if you hang around the barbershop long enough, you're bound to get a haircut. <laughs> yes. So you hang with these folks who are doing it and investing yeah. and doing it and figuring things out. You're going to become one of them. Just inevitable. Just like if you hang with a bunch of people who are like all, you know, puffed out and, yeah. and they, they, they work out all the time, you're, you're going to look like, you're going to look, trust me, you're going to look like the people you hang with. Human nature is literally on your side. We take on the characteristics of the five people closest to us. If you're in those rooms constantly, you're going to start to be and do what's around you. Man, it's just human nature. Take advantage of it. Hack it. Hack that yeah. human nature. <laughs> Have you ever felt like a lone wolf in life, unable to engage in chats around the barbecue since you're doing things that aren't the norm? Enter GoBundance, a place for driven entrepreneurs, CEOs, or investors who want to experience world-class adventure, bucket list trips, high-minded conversations, authentic relationships, and an environment to learn and grow with like-minded individuals where you're able to share in all of your successes, your struggles, ambitions, and even your failures without being judged. It's the best place for men and women to come together to live epic lives and to grab life big. If you want to learn more about GoBundance, go to GoBundance.com and apply to be in the tribe. And I hope to see you at the next virtual or live event.
So how did you, I know that um, you and I, before the mics turned on, we we're talking about mindset. And I know that's, that's such a huge part, right? As you're, as you're progressing and you're trying to transform and you're still in your W2 and you're, I know you were rocking both worlds, you know, and mm -hmm. like you did for me, I pulled the bandaid off. I didn't do it necessarily the right way. I wouldn't recommend yeah. the way I did it. But like you said, the cheat code was my wife, you know, she yeah. paid all the bills <laughs> while I figured that out. Yeah. Um, so, so talk about what you were doing in terms of, how did you stay on course? You know, when that when when that came on your shoulder, that 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 doubt, that mm -hmm. fearful Henry and was like, yo, man, you can't do this. What are you doing, man? You're gonna screw this up. Like, how did you power through that? And like when you got the first deal, how did you power through the next and the next and the next? Yeah, man. That's a great question. So after I've made my decision, had my epiphany, read the book. Uh, and started surrounding myself with investors. I also just decided to tell everybody that I was an investor, even though I had no idea how, um, because I felt like if I didn't believe it, nobody else was going to believe it. And so that's just, I would just tell everyone, I would introduce myself as an investor, even though I'd never done a deal. And that's how I landed my first deal was a friend of mine heard through a coworker and friend said, heard I was an investor in buying houses now. And he was in a tough spot with his uh, home that he had to sell. So um, really, really long story short is he had to sell in 30 days because he needed to go buy another piece of property and he needed the proceeds and he needed to be able to free up his uh, FHA loan. And so he, he was like, I got to sell it. I need this much money. He was like, so if I sell it for 115,000, uh, it gives me exactly the amount of money I need to go do what I got to do. He was like, it's worth 150, 160. But just all if you can buy, if you can buy it in 30 days, you can have it for 115. And I was like, yep, I'll buy it. Right. Mind you, I had no idea how to buy it. I still <laughs> only had a thousand dollars in my but when I didn't know how to buy it, I literally did. I had to Google how to buy a house without a real estate agent. And it was like, you have to sign a contract. And I was like, cool. I have to Google how to buy a contract. I downloaded one off bigger pockets and I just like changed the information and names. And I was like, you sign here and I sign here and like, don't do this. It was a terrible idea. But like, <laughs> I didn't let my lack of knowledge stop me from going forward. Right. Um, I also didn't let my lack of knowing how to do it. Right. Like make me tell him most people would say, well, I want to buy the house, but I don't know how. And so like it would delay them. They'd want to go figure out how before they sign the contract. Right. And by that time, he might not be wanting, willing to sell that. He might go find somebody else. Right. And so I was like, yeah, I'll buy it. Put in her contract, literally went to the bank with the contract because I just went to a, a bank by my work. And I was like, I have I want to buy this house. And so the banker, the commercial lender came out and he was like, well, we can give you a loan to buy it. He was like, but you need you're going to need 15 percent down payment. Turns out to about twenty twenty thousand dollars, and I was like, he was like, you, you got the down payment, and I was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, for for sure, bro. Yeah, I got it. Just yeah, nope. I had I had one thousand. I needed twenty, and so I went home and I told my wife, "Good news, we're gonna buy a house. Bad news, we need twenty thousand dollars. How much? How much stuff can we sell?" And she was like, ain't, "We can't sell that much stuff," and so um. This is where that network of investors came in. I was able to talk to my people that I'd surrounded myself with for the past 90 days and say, I finally got a great deal. How the heck are y'all getting the money to do this stuff? And uh, an investor friend of mine who is now actually a business partner on about 25 doors with them, he was like, hey, man, you have you thought about a 401k loan? And I was like, 
I won't take money out of 401k. That means uh, penalties and interest. And like, oh, it's going to kick our butt if we do that. And he was like, no, 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 you can borrow against it. You can be your own bank. He was like, so you can take your money, you can borrow it at a set interest rate, but it's your money. So the interest you pay back goes back to you. That your employer takes the money directly out of your paycheck um, and they take it pre-tax. So it actually reduces your taxable income. So that's a benefit to you. And um, if you buy this property and keep it as a rental and it cash flows, the cash flow is technically paying back your 401k loan. And so now your tenants paying you for your house and paying you the interest back to your 401k loan. And I was like, that's a cheat code. I think I'm going to do that. Now all I got to do is find a 401k because I didn't have one. Mm. And so my wife did. So I went to my wife and I said, Hey wife, remember that time I said, we're going to be real estate investors. And then remember that time I said, we're going to buy a house. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, well, we need to borrow 20. We need to borrow $20,000 from your 401k. And she didn't hesitate. She said, all right, let's do it. Let's wow. do it. Wow. We had the money in like a week. We bought that house. We uh, set them rents at market rents and started cash flowing. And um, I now owned an asset that was paying me um, and paying back my 401k loan 90 days after I had a panic attack about how to figure out how to change my life about money. And then the huge, huge part was the, the, the moment that made me realize that not only was real estate the right decision, but was going to change my life forever was the bank called me and said, Hey, um, you just bought this house and you bought it with equity in it. We would love to give you a line of credit against that equity so that you can take out that money and use it to go bring us more of these deals. So what I didn't realize was these small local banks, they need to lend to small local businesses in order to make money. And so when you bring them a deal, like, and, and, and so said differently, like small businesses are risky, right? They would much rather lend to somebody whose small business buys real estate undervalued than somebody who's going to open a restaurant, mm-hmm. right? Because they figure if you are going to bring us a deal and we lend you on that deal for 116000 but it's worth 160, if if Henry defaults on that loan, we take over control of that asset at 116000 Let's just say we sell it, you know, bank owned for one hundred and twenty-five. They'll make way more money doing that than they ever will on the interest payments I'm paying every month. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's a pretty risk free investment for them. And so when they said, you know, hey, you've got equity, we'll give you access to the equity to go bring us more of these deals. They were like, yeah, go bring us more stuff. That's a no brainer for us to lend to. Right. Yeah. And then I realized that, like, dude, when you go from panicking about money to owning an asset 90 days later, that's paying you. And then the bank gives you access to 20 something thousand dollars to go do it again. Like that's mind blowing. That's insane. That's insane. Yeah. And and it just goes to show how there, like you said, there are cheat codes and there are rules in place Mm -hmm. that people aren't even aware of so many different avenues, so many different ways. That wasn't just one particular path that you took. That's only one path. There was like, a hundred ways to yes. do what you did. And I was thinking of like anyone who's listening and like, well, I don't have a wife or I don't have, uh, uh, you know, I don't have this or that. Well, you can find yourself a business partner within that network that has yep. a net worth or has 
and you can give them equity in the deal as well. And they are the one that takes the risk and you're the sweat equity. And, yep. But it's so many different ways that you can carve it out. I, I did it somewhat similar to you. Uh, we, we bought our first house on cash because mm -hmm. we just had some cash sitting in the bank. Uh, but then, you know, just burned it and got all the money back like a year later. Uh, so there's, a, there's so many ways, folks, that you can do what Henry's talking about. It's just getting that mindset in a proper place where you can believe that you can achieve that um, and get past the fear because fear is the biggest thing that yeah. holds us back. Um, so let's let's transition because I know you got you got a million stories I'm sure that you could share, especially in real mm -hmm. estate. But I want to talk about like your how the universe sort of brought you down the path mm -hmm. into the biggest community in real estate when it comes to investing. And I'm talking about bigger pockets if people don't know. Um, so you are involved. You're co-hosting. You're on podcasts. You're on, on on webinars. You're on educational courses. You're on all the things, all the things, right? And you've aligned yourself with the biggest name in the biz. So can we talk about how that happened and then also like what you're currently doing with BP? Bigger pockets. Yeah, 100%. Um it's good, man, because all this ties together like perfectly. Your questions are perfectly timed, and we didn't script this, y'all. This he's just that good. Um, <laughs> We're professionals. Yeah. Don't try this at home. <laughs> yeah. So right after I completed that first deal and I got access to that line of credit, a couple of things hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, one was that real estate is way more powerful than I thought it was, and that my goals were too small. Because I didn't know what I didn't know when I started my goals. I still have my original goals. It was to buy one property a year for the next five years to supplement my retirement to help create a better life for my family. But once I did that deal and I had access to that 20 grand, the bank was encouraging me to go do it again. I feel like I figured I was onto something and then my goals were too small. So we did five deals in our first month. Mm. Right. Like um crazy. Uh and so the other thing that it, it hit me like a ton of bricks was that yes this is not only going to be a, a way for you to supplement your retirement, but it's going to be a way for you to retire yourself sooner. And, and then I thought this wasn't that hard, right? Like it wasn't, yeah, you had to overcome some fear and you had to make some sacrifices uh, and you had to take action without knowing what the next step was, which is scary. Um, but at the end of the day, like it wasn't that hard and I'm not trying to make lighter say like, I'm some genius and this is easy. No, what I'm saying is like, if you can overcome the fear, like this stuff isn't rocket science and anybody can do it. And I want you to go do it. Right. And I don't want you to be intimidated by it. And, and, and so when I started to realize that the feeling that I was hit with was like, you, you have to share this. You have to get this in front of more people. You should have known this sooner. What if you'd have bought this property 10 years ago, five years ago? How much further ahead would you be right now? Like in life, like this is life altering stuff. It changes your family tree, the financial landscape of your family. This is not just wealth you can create for you, but wealth you can create for generations. Like it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like no one told me this stuff. Right. Like it just wasn't readily available. Like no one was like putting it in front of my face. And I said, well, the only way to change that was you need to put it in front of as many faces as you can. Mm 
And so that's when I started my Instagram. I had no intention of it blowing up or being big. I didn't even know. I barely, I only knew what podcasts were because I listened to them to educate myself, but I didn't ever think I would be guests on podcast. Like none of this was in the plans. I just said, I've got to share this with as many people as possible so that people can start taking their finances and their life into their own hands. I made a huge adjustment in my life. Like I've only been investing for, for under five years and I'm financially free. My wife's retired, right? Like that's, insane people. Anybody can do this. And so that hit me like a ton of bricks. And so I started my Instagram. I just started to share my journey. I had no idea that it was going to take off. And what happened was I started to learn the value of like just being in rooms with others. Like, cause, because I did that locally, I was like, well, what if I do this on a, on a larger scale? One of the first conferences I went to was the first, well, the bigger pockets conference in 2019. And I just went, I just went, I didn't know anybody at Bigger Pockets. I just, I went by myself. <laughs> like I just, was, and I ended up actually being there a day early, not by any, like just by poor planning. <laughs> like I didn't, like, and uh, Brandon Turner actually was there a day early. And so uh, I bumped into him getting coffee one morning and we chit chatted. And I told him, and by that point, I had like 30 doors. And I didn't know that that was a lot for just getting started. Like I didn't, like, just, I just didn't, I, I didn't know. I was just doing right. And um, he was like, man, that's crazy. And I was like, yeah. And they had just started their rookie podcast. And I was like, so if like you ever want somebody to come on like your rookie podcast, I'd be happy to do something like that. <laughs> like, didn't think, you know, anything of it. I thought he was going to be like, yeah, whatever. And he was like, Bro, you 30 doors in two and a half years. Are you coming on our show? And I was, <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> And again, I didn't think he was serious. I just thought he was being nice. He's a super nice guy. And then um, I ended up meeting the producer of the show there. And I didn't even know he was a producer. I just was chit-chatting with him. He was at a bookstand selling books and, um, you know, just being a good person, chit-chatting with him. And so Brandon communicated with him after the show that I didn't even know about. And then Kevin sent me an email and he was like, hey, man, Brandon said, you're awesome. We want to bring you on the show. I was like, oh, he was serious. That's super cool. And so I did the show. It was episode 366 um, when I when I got interviewed and I did that. And uh, it, it turns out now, I just found out now that I'm affiliated with them more. That's the most downloaded episode of Bigger Pockets of all wow, time. Wow, really? insane. Congratulations. At man, that time, nuts. it was only the second podcast I had ever done, like as a guest. Wow. wow. That's <laughs> and nuts. So, you yeah, meet Matthew man, McConaughey. Yeah, that's what I told him. <laughs> that's what I was like. I'd be mad. That's awesome. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, yeah, man. And so um, that's how I landed, ended up on the show. And so what happened after I did that was my following just started to increase drastically, right? Because of the exposure they have, right? And um, so my page started to take off. And then as that started to take off, like I couldn't, I couldn't help as many people. So what would happen when like when I'd have like a thousand followers, if someone needed advice or wanted help in the DMs, like it was easy for me to just respond. I'd only get a DM or two every once in a while. And so if someone had a question, I'd help them. And then after I got in bigger pockets, like the numbers were just too much to keep up with. Mm-hmm. And I want to help people. And so like my wife uh, was like, well, she, uh, what happened was I was on a phone call with somebody and then I got off the phone call and she, I, I looked bummed and she goes, why are you bummed? And I was like, man, I just keep answering the same questions over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I can't, and I just can't help all the people that want help. And she was like, well, why don't you just create like a PowerPoint or something that has all that information that you could just send to them when they keep asking those questions. And I was like, that's a great idea. So I ended up creating two courses. I created a course about 
the two questions people ask me all the time. How do I find all my deals and how do I get them financed? Mm. And so I created those two courses and I put them out there really, really low ticket because the idea wasn't to make money from the courses. The idea was just like, if you're willing to spend 40 bucks on the course and then you have questions, I know you're going to do something with the information. I'm not wasting my time helping you. Yeah, Mm -hmm. let's do it. Right. And so it weeded out the amount of people who were just going to waste time and showed me all the people who were serious and then I would help them. So it it made it, you made it easier for me to help people. And so then we just started to sell tons of courses and I had no idea that that was even like a business. And so then I had to like dive into like, well, how do I treat this like an actual business? So that's where my coaching and teaching business started. And so now I have courses and a mentorship program. Um, And so it's all tied together through social media. So I do my business by investing in real estate. And then I document it on my social media and give the information away for free on my social. You don't have to buy my courses. You can learn the same information, just digging through my videos on social. Mm -hmm. Or if you don't want to do that and you want to just get right to it, you can buy the course. And that leads people to trusting me and wanting to work with me. And so it's like these two businesses tied together by teaching people for free. Yeah, brother. Oof. Man, so That's good. That's what led to bigger pockets, right? So good. Like, I, I, it's so funny because that was a massive conference. There was yeah. like thousands of people there. I was there. I was there with yeah. my crew and and, and, yeah. and my posse. Uh, so I'm sure we ran into each other at some point. Uh, we were we were working with BP at the time, producing stuff for them. But here's the cool thing, man is is that is a perfect example of everything that's threaded throughout this conversation, right? Yep. You just got to be in the right places. You got to yep. keep showing up. You got to keep building relationships. You happen to run into Brandon, who is an amazing dude. He's just super uh, willing to help no matter how big he gets, you know. Yep. Um, so just put yourself out there, folks. Don't be afraid to have conversations. Don't be afraid. Everyone is a person yeah. <laughs> and you you can approach people. You can actually ask questions and everyone, especially in real estate, dude, and what I love about real estate is that they're all willing to jump in and help you. It's all mm-hmm. abundance. We have an abundance mindset and that's why I joined the whole community just because that's not the world, right? Typically the world is like scarcity and, and, and fear and you're gonna take from their plate then they can't eat. So, but real estate, completely different story. So I wanna segue into the final part of the show where we talk about a specific thing, embracing the F word, Henry. So I know you're familiar with it. Let's dive into something where you learned through failure. That's the F word. It's not the F word that you were thinking, folks. But yes, <laughs> Henry has something that he can share with us where we can potentially learn from. Yeah, absolutely. Um, failure is a part of the journey, right? And uh, how we treat failure um, a lot of the times determines your level of success. Right. Um, and so for me, uh, when we talk about failure, as it relates to a deal, man, I bought, a. so I just bought a, not just, I bought a 12 unit property and I bought it cause on paper it was a cash flow monster. Right. It was like one of those deals. Like, how do you say no to it? Right. Um, and um it, it we bought it pre-pandemic pandemic hit that made things harder obviously um how i failed on this deal was several ways <laughs> one was i under budgeted renovation costs i was so excited about how much money this thing was going to make that i just didn't think through how much it would take to get it to the point where it was going to make that kind of money and um that ended up uh, hurting me because 
the bank didn't give us enough construction money because I didn't ask for enough. And so when we ran out of that money, I was having to pay for it out of my pocket. Um, and that hurt every single time that I had to pay for some contractor to go do something because um, I felt like I was at a point where I had to just continue it. And so it was killing me financially because the property's vacant. I'm making the mortgage payment. I don't have enough to renovate it and I'm paying for it out of my pocket. Like it literally, every time I thought about this property, like uh, I get the butterflies in my stomach, not in a good way, just like, oh, I hate dealing with this place, right? And so finally, once we got some units up and renovated and we got some tenants in there, um, uh, it started, I started to realize that like, Hey, you should have paid more attention to, um, the neighborhood or the types of, 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 you know, tenants you were going to have to deal with. And so tenants were moving in, but they were still a headache. Right? I was still having the, you know, and I had property management, but there was a lot of things that they still had to run by me, um, in order to get done. And I was like, man, like this property is not, what I thought it was going to be. <clears throat> and the reason it's not what I thought it was going to be is because I didn't think too much because I just got so in love with the numbers. I just got so in love with what it was going to be in the future that I didn't fully think through what it was going to take to get it there, both financially and time-wise. Um, and so, man, but I, the lesson that I learned was like, and I think all investors learn this at some point, whether you learn it by buying something and, and hating the experience or whether you learn it by seeing someone else do it, um, is we all learn what we don't want to buy, right? Everybody's got a buy box, right? And they call it a buy box for a reason. That means you'll buy everything in the box. And if it's not in the box, you don't even consider it. Even if it's not in the box, but the numbers make all the sense in the world, like people are true to their buy box. And now I start to understand why and I didn't, my buy box was too broad. Right. And so had I, you know, what I, what I didn't want with this property was as we were starting to have problems with some of these tenants, like this is a D class neighborhood. And a lot of these tenants, sometimes when you're putting them out, this, this might be their last stop. Right. Like I didn't want to have to worry about like putting people out who might end up having to be homeless. You know, some landlords cool with that. Don't care. Don't think twice about it. And that's, that's all fine for them. But I do think twice about it. Right. And, um, I just didn't, I don't want to own that type of asset. Right. I don't want to worry about if I'm putting somebody on the street. Um, so man, I learned a lot about what I don't want to buy. And I think that that's super valuable as you're moving forward, because we need to, as investors, like you need to have blinders and know, like, what your thing is right um and stick to that because it can be so easy to be you know somebody will come to you and be like henry i got this great deal it's gonna make so much money and you look at the deal and you're like yeah it is gonna make money right and then you put your time and effort into pursuing that thing and yeah you might make a return on investment on that thing even if it goes well but what was your opportunity cost for the things that you were really good at that you didn't get to blow up or expand on because you went and chased after this shiny new thing. And so, yeah, this shiny new thing might make you a hundred grand, but did you miss out on 500 grand in your buy box because you were focused and you put your time somewhere else? So I just, I've, I've had to learn what not to buy. So good. So good, man. I love that. That last nugget right there is gold, man. I mean, it was all gold, but that was a big, yeah. that was a big chunk. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, so Speaking of appreciation, if you're listening to this and you're loving Henry as I am, he's going to be with us live. So if you're listening to this in the future, 
I'm sorry, you missed it. <laughs> but there's going to be another one. Just look up and Google Podfest Invest, uh, where he will be on stage sharing stories and insight, along with a ton of other investors that are going to be there, especially from the BP and the Bigger Pockets uh, community. So I'm hoping that you can make it May 26. We're going to make sure that this airs sooner than later, so that if you can hear this, that's the call. Come hang with us, me and Henry, and a bunch of other cool people. So May 26th, it's 2022. Hope you can make it. Podfestexpo.com slash invest. Grab your ticket or hit me up, hit Henry up, let them know and let us know that you're interested. We can hook you up with a ticket. So um, before I let you go, is there any parting words that you want to share with the, the community here? And then also, <clears throat> how can they reach you? Yeah, absolutely, man. Look, this is, I'm a, I'm a big mindset guy. And so don't glaze over this stuff. Make a decision that you're going to improve your life. And then, but truly make that decision in your mind and in your heart. And if you do that, don't worry about the how, because I know you want to. Everybody wants to know the steps. What are the 10 steps I need to be doing? Practical application, like tell me where to be, what to do. It doesn't work like that. But if you decide, if you decide, the how reveals itself because you've told your brain, we're going to figure this out. And so now your brain is in tune to solutions. And so you'll start hearing things in conversations. You'll start hearing things on podcasts. You'll start seeing things on television or in magazines or, or on YouTube. And your brain will be like that, that, that thing. And you'll be like, oh yes, that's it. That's my, that's my next step. That's what I'm going to do. Right. That thing was there before, but you hadn't made a decision that you were going to change your life or make a decision that you were going to buy a property or made a decision that you were going to get in shape. And once you made that decision, your brain started to be in tune with these things that were already there and you're pulling these nuggets out and then you can put those nuggets into practical application. You don't have to know the next step. You just have to make the decision that you're going to figure out the next step and the universe or God or your brain will point you exactly where you need to be. But you got to decide. You got to put that fear aside. Amen, brother. Amen. Yeah. So uh, the Henry Washington on Instagram is blowing up. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you very much. But what are some of the other ways that people can find you and reach out? Yeah. uh, The other way is uh, you can go to henrywashington.com and check out my website there or um, the Henry Washington on TikTok as well. You know, got to get it on. Got to get it on TikTok too, man. Yeah, man. TikTok, TikTok. Let's do it. I appreciate the heck out of you, man. Thank you so much for being on the Thank show you, and, and spreading wisdom and inspiring the heck out of not just me, but you know anyone who's listening out there. I know you're inspired. Please reach out to Henry. Let him know how much you love him. And you can meet him in person. Uh, we'll all be together May 26th, Come on. 2022, PodFest Invest. And yeah, folks, I uh, hope we added value in your life today. Signing off. Thanks, brother. That's it for now, folks. If you'd like to stay in touch with the show, you can contact me directly at eric at onairbrands.com. That's eric, E-R-I-K, at onairbrands.com. And if you aren't already subscribed to the show, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. And please recommend us to one or two people in your circle. That will go a long, long way to growing our community. Also, if you could rate us on iTunes, just take a moment uh, to give us five stars. And if they have more stars, give all of them. We'd greatly appreciate you for that. And always, always like, subscribe, 
and share, share, share this show on social media. We'd love you for that as well. And if you have any ideas or want to hear something on a future show, please hit us up. Maybe you have a question for one of my guests or you want to uh, tell a story, a success story. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can do that, especially if you're on the Anchor platform. You can leave us a voice message. We'd love to incorporate you and your voice on a future episode. Once again, folks, thanks again for listening to the Entrepreneur Circle. Please like, subscribe, and share, share, share. I am Eric Cabral, and as always, remember, your network is your net worth. So get in the circle. Mm-hmm.